Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm Oren McIntyre. Thank you for joining me today. I think I've got a great show that you're really going to enjoy. So we try to mix things up here. We had some pretty dour recent events yesterday with the release of the kind of the manifesto of the Nashville shooter. That was obviously a pretty heavy topic. But one of the things I also like to do is lighten up the mood here. And one of the things I do to do that is go through one of these kind of crazy peer, you know, peering deep into one of these crazy articles that let us see kind of the inner workings of the leftist mind. I like to do this because one, it's fun, but also two, I think it's valuable to go through this propaganda that's being churned out by the left and see where their headspace is. Uh, they don't have a theory in mind for us, right? For, for the left, the right is just a bunch of people who, you know, nothing makes sense. It's all irrational. It's all just hatred. You know, they're, they're all probably just dumb. They're, there's no understanding of why anyone on the right does what they do. They do. We, we have to have a theory of mind for the left because we live, unfortunately, in a progressive world. We live in a world where leftism has come to dominate most of our major institutions and in our culture. And so, you know, the right has to spend a lot of time trying to understand what leftists are thinking or doing so that they can navigate things like their personal relationships or with their family so that they can, you know, get not get in trouble at work, all this other stuff. So we have to understand leftists. Leftists, unfortunately, don't have to understand us at some point. Really hoping that changes, working on trying to change that. But until then, that's just a reality of kind of where we're at. And so I often think it's both amusing and valuable to kind of go into some of these pieces and understand what an unhinged leftist is trying to say, what kind of verbiage they're using, what kind of propaganda they're spouting, what their thought process is like, and how they're putting these arguments together so that you, when you run into them, you kind of understand what's going on. Now, Salon is obviously one of these rather unbalanced outlets. And uh, the original title for this article was particularly fun. It's the one that got a lot more attention. Of course, they changed it because uh, they're cowards. Uh, they throw out the more salacious title first. They try to get the clickbait, see if they can get away with it. Uh, and then if they actually catch enough heat from it, they run it back and they do it again. So th this piece has been through a couple different uh, iterations that the title is the most notable change. But most of the good stuff is still here. So so we're going to go ahead and go through it. The original title, by the way, was MAGA and Christian nationalism, bigger threat to America than Hamas could ever be. And so obviously they're going out of their way to compare uh, their political opponents to terrorists. Uh, the left does this quite a lot, actually. Uh, if you want to go all the way back, there's this uh, Aaron Sorkin show. He's the guy who wrote The West Wing, and he he wrote movies like uh, A Few Good Men. And uh, there's the show called Newsroom, uh, where the main character basically calls all right-wingers uh, the, the, the Christian Taliban, right? Uh, the Christian Taliban. So the left has been doing this for a very long time, decades. And they do this for a very simple reason. They're trying to dehumanize their opponents. M make no uh, you know, make no mistake about what the motivation is here. These are people who want to hurt their enemies. They want to turn the state against their enemies. They want to justify terrible things towards their enemies. And so they try to conflate the, you know, the right with a violent terrorist organization because they want to use the same tactics against them. We saw this just, you know, that many people are understanding this as, you know, that they, they start calling de for decolonization of places like Israel and the United States. Well, it turns out decolonization always meant that they wanted to perpetrate violence. And when they were calling, you know, uh, Europeans or, or, or white Americans colonizers, 
They meant the same thing then that they meant about Jewish people now. There, there was is in both cases a, a language that was justifying certain actions. And the same, again, is true here with their attempts to link uh, you know, their political opponents to these vicious groups. Now, again, they changed up the title, so our new title uh, is, is even is in some ways more delusional, right? Because it's talking about theocracy. And that's going to be the fun thing about this uh, about this article, understanding that as bad as as you think it might be for people on the right, as much as you think, well, we might be losing these things. I want you to understand the left tells themselves they're in the same position and they really believe this. Not everyone. Not everyone's a true believer over there. There are very cynical power players. But a lot of these people truly believe that they're just on the verge of the handmaid's tale or whatever cartoonish idea of a theocracy. If you ask them to to even explain what a theocracy is, they couldn't do it. I promise you. But uh, they, you know, they have this idea that they're on the edge of this theocracy. And so they're warning about the dangers from this new incredibly dangerous speaker of the house, Mike Johnson. We'll get into why that's as, that as much of a joke as can possibly be in a second here. But before we do, guys, let's go ahead and hear from today's sponsor. These days, it's impossible to thrive with just one job. Between increasing living costs, paying off debts, and planning for the future, things like buying a home, building savings, and even going on vacation can seem like fantasies. If your goal is financial freedom, you could start taking on more hours at your current job, work towards a promotion, or try putting your money into something risky like stocks, cryptocurrencies, or even a side hustle. But at the end of the day, do you really want to sacrifice time and energy that could otherwise be spent with your loved ones or on your hobbies? just to make a living? Luckily, you don't have to hustle to reliably make more money. All you have to do is job stacking. Job stacking is the best way for regular people, regular employees, to unleash their earning potential and increase job and financial security. How? By working multiple jobs, but without burning out or more importantly, getting caught by corporate overlords. Job stacking allows you to reliably receive paychecks from multiple employers each month without having to work more than eight hours a day. You don't have to be in tech or any particular field or industry to do it as long as you can work remotely. If you've thought about working multiple jobs, but you're not sure how to start or are afraid of getting caught, get the fundamental job stacking course today and learn all of the secrets on how to sustainably work multiple full-time jobs from the foremost expert on the matter, Rolf Halza, author of Job Stacking. Rolf has worked multiple full-time jobs since 2018, including hybrid jobs, and has condensed all of his experiences and wisdom into a single four-module online course so you can start proficiently job stacking without having to make mistakes, figuring things out on your own, or reinventing the wheel in the process. Go to www.jobstacking.com and enter the promo code ORIN to get a special discount. All right, guys, so let me take you on this wonderful journey through the progressive fever dream, uh, you know, that that they have been telling themselves about. Uh, again, this is the change title, Far Right MAGA Theocrats, Most Dangerous Threat in America. Even Mitch McConnell is trying to push back against Mike Johnson and the MAGA wing of the GOP. It isn't working. All right, I'm going to skip down just a little bit because the first couple paragraphs are uh, what's the author, Brian Karam. Uh, he just kind of prattles on a little bit about Stan. I think he wants to let you know that he's in the White House briefing room. I think that's the entire or the, the press uh, briefing room. Like that's the entire purpose of those first couple paragraphs is just to be like, no, I'm a real serious journalist, guys. I, I'm important. I promise. It's, it's contentless. So we're going to skip down here to to where he kind of gets into the major thrust of his article. So he says, most Republicans are so dismayed at the prospect of working with Democrats that they want to scuttle efforts to fund the war in Ukraine, virtually isolating Senator 
Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who seems to be nearly alone on an island calling for aid to continue. It's rare to uh, it's a rare display of common sense for the 81 year old Kentuckian whose primary focus is on political power. That's an amazing paragraph. Let's let's talk about that paragraph a little bit. So first, Mitch McConnell is far from the only Republican who's pulling for funding in Ukraine. Very sadly, um, it's it's embarrassing that uh, you know when you try to pretend that the GOP is a opposition party, the fact that they have been pretty gung ho from the beginning. Uh, looking to pay for pretty much everything uh, that a, a Ukrainian oligarch could ever want. Uh, it, it's been very clear the level of corruption and the the uniparty on display. But, you know, they have to lie about all this. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, the entire GOP is against this thing, even though they should be. They're, they're not. But they have to make it sound like there's this extreme uh, dichotomy because otherwise uh, it, it doesn't really make sense. They, then they'd have to notice that these parties are far more interested in the same thing than they are different things. And the whole purpose of this article is to demonize, uh, you know, the Republican Party, not to recognize that the Republican Party is the handmaiden of the Democrats. So first, it's like, well, can you believe that they're trying to get rid of our efforts to to fund the war in Ukraine? Yes, yes, I can, because we have a billion problems happening in the United States right now. Uh, people can't afford homes. There's an opioid academic uh, ep- epidemic. There's a wide open border. People cannot start families. Uh, there's all kinds of racial conflict. There's all kinds of educational issues. There's all kinds of cultural conflict. And yeah, no, we we don't have a lot of time or money to be sending off to these wars. However, you'll notice that they have to kind of acknowledge that Mitch McConnell is the bad guy, right? Because obviously Mitch McConnell is a bad guy. He's a cartoon of a corrupt politician. Uh, however, they have to pretend like he, okay, yeah, maybe he's kind of a bad guy because he he wants political power. But he's on our side of that. Okay, well, what does that mean, buddy? If you're on the side of Mitch McConnell, first, you should probably look at yourself in the mirror. But second, if, you're, if your point is that he only cares about political power and you're on his side, what does that tell you about political power? But that's the amazing thing. It's just it desperately uncritical, right? Brian just can't, can't imagine a, why the guy who wants political power and only cares about political power and is obviously a bad guy would be fighting alongside him. It's it's the stone toss pulling you know pulling the uh, the rope cartoon right. All right, so a uh, l- little more here. No Americans are getting killed in Ukraine, McConnell said. We're rebuilding our industrial base. The Ukrainians are destroying the army of one of our biggest rivals. I have a hard time finding anything wrong with that. I think it's wonderful that they're defending themselves, and also the notion that Europeans are not doing enough. They've done almost ninety billion, and there's they're housing a bunch of refugees who escaped, I think our NATO allies in Europe have done quite a lot. And the author of the article says, few Democrats have said it better uh, and, and, and spelled it out exactly what the stakes of the U.S. Uh, for the U.S. are in going to war in Ukraine. So first, uh, so Mitch McConnell is just coming out and saying, yes, of course we're going to go to war because it helps the military industrial complex and we don't care about Ukrainians, so we will fight to the last Ukrainian because they're not Americans. And that's totally moral because we're not actually sending Americans in so we can send all the money we want. And look, we're finally building manufacturing jobs. Now, if you're on the left and you've spent, I don't know, decades, you know, since at least the 1960s, talking about endlessly about the military industrial complex and the danger of defense contractors. And finally, people on the right are like, you know what? I think I think you might be right about that. I think there there is a desire to perpetually keep us at war. Uh, just just kind of funneling money through these apparatus and, and that's immoral. 
if you have people on the right finally saying that and your response is like, nope, I'm signing with Mitch McConnell now, then it, it kind of tells you what the real motivation was. And you have to understand this is this is so core to the left, to the journalistic class, to, to, to these chattering classes. They hate middle Americans. They hate Southern evangelicals. They hate Midwesterners. They hate the Republican base more than anything. They don't really care about most of these issues. They just want to punish people they think are inherently bad due to the color of their skin. That's That really is the, the motivation of Democrats. And though not just the color of skin, because I want to make it clear, there are plenty of you know white Democrats who hate uh, white Southerners or white Republicans. But they it's it's they almost see themselves as set apart because of it's 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 as much a class thing as it is a race thing for these people. But it is this is definitely both, and they really hate these people. And so uh, so even though like a lot of people who have traditionally been you know kind of Republican voters, you know white evangelicals or, or Midwesterners or you know Southerners uh, who who have, they have hated for a long time are like you know what I think we might agree with you guys. Let's let's build a coalition and get together and fight against this wasteful military spending and this exploitation of America's young men who are being forced to go to war. And the left is like, nah, just kidding. We didn't hate that stuff. We hated you. <laughs> and so the most important thing is to punish you. And so we're going to side with Mitch McConnell over you, which is why he's like, oh yeah, no, he did a beautiful job of explaining the real motivations here. Remember that Vlad the Impaler Putin. <laughs> Come on guys, really? You're going to go with Dracula? Like you're going to go like, I get it. Vladimir Putin, bad guy, but really we're going to, we're going to compare him to Dracula has clearly suggested that he wants to, to get the old Soviet Union band back together. Ukraine is just the first, the final uh, stop in a quest or a first stop in a final quest for global hegemony. So again, this is, this is delusional right now. Don't get me wrong. If Vladimir Putin could rule the world. Yeah, I think he probably would, but is that his ambition now? Is that his goal now? No. Now, does that make him a good person? No, absolutely not. He, he's a bad person. But, like, this is just a reality that other countries are going to have geopolitical spheres of influence and they're going to battle over them. Does that make them right? No. But does that make them uniquely evil? No. And does that mean they're looking for a world domination? Well, no. And, especially, and that's something else you probably want to think about. If Vladimir Putin having one country to his left under his control is a sign of a global hegemony, then, then what is your current stance? What, what is NATO, <laughs> right? Like what, what, what is the current global American empire look like if, if that's the case? But again, none of this stuff filters in. It doesn't matter that these leftists have been railing against, uh, you know, Western global hegemony ad nauseum and are still doing so. Uh, they're going to say that if anyone actually challenges that, that hegemony, now it's a problem. It, it doesn't have to make sense. They just hate you. Uh, fellow Kentucky Senator Rand Paul said that McConnell was out of touch with his party's base, while Missouri Senator Josh Hawley tried to McConnell for siding with Democrats. Uh, yes, yeah, peace be upon both Rand Paul and uh, and Josh Hawley there. They are, of course, 100% correct. Uh, they, they should be uh, chiding with McConnell. Uh, he is wildly out of uh, step with the party. And uh, that was before Homeland Security Chief uh, Alejandro uh, Mayocas uh, gave Holly a tongue lashing on border issues later that afternoon. It looks like Putin still had a few fans in the GOP. So remember, if you don't want to send $100 billion to Ukraine, 
if you don't think it's America's job to grind every single Ukrainian male into a bloody paste in the name of uh, opposing Vladimir Putin, if you think that uh, the the money that American taxpayers uh, pay to the government is best spent inside the borders of the United States for the benefit of the American people, and you want to do something like, say, not let borders stay wide open so gang members and drugs can flow into the United States and give the Democrats a permanent electoral majority, you are, of course, an agent of Vladimir Putin, the most dangerous man to ever impale someone, I guess, uh, as we, we learned, he is, he is actually Vlad the Impaler. In the, in the House, those would likely include newly minted House Speaker Mike Johnson. And that still sounds like a Bart Simpson prank call to Mose Barr, who took on McConnell directly, pushing to unlink aid to Israel from aid to Ukraine. Now, I actually did an appearance recently on, on kind of uh, Jenna Ellis's show, and we talked about this a little bit. She was in favor of the uh, Israeli aid package. I was not. And But the point is, like, the, the only argument for the Democrats was like, no, these things should be together, right? Like, we, like you have to link these things together. They all have to happen simultaneously. Uh, you know, some of these Republicans are like, no, we break this apart. Uh, that way we can fund Israel, not Ukraine. My position is, why are we funding any foreign government, especially one like Israel, which is perfectly wealthy and capable of defending itself against uh, some guys with AK-47s? But either way, this really offends the left. They're very angry that that Johnson would try to break this apart. Uh, I, I'm offended that we're our first act of this new, very dangerous Republican speaker is sending money overseas uh, rather than caring about anything uh, for the American people, but whatever, right? I guess, I guess that's too much to ask. So the only thing to be angry about is which side, which, which country we're sending American tax dollars to not that we're sending American tax dollars overseas period. But I digress while the world burns Johnson and the MAGA wing of the Republican party, which seems to have swallowed the evangelical movement while also embracing it. Uh, is and he makes a terrible uh, Terminator joke, is embracing the darkest verses of the Bible, apparently pushing for apocalypse with an enthusiasm only rivaled by Saul's slaughter of Christians before he changed his name to Paul. This is another fun part of this article. Uh, this person is pretending they've read the Bible. Uh, it's it's adorable. Uh, and so we're going to go in and out here. Uh, this, this is literally, if you've ever seen that meme online where the, the guy's like, oh, I mean, I don't believe in Christianity. I don't believe in your stupid religion, but you believe in it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to use it to hold you accountable, even though I hate you. And like, I'm, I'm wishing for your extermination. That's basically the, the tact this guy has here the whole time. He's like, by the way, I mean, there, there's, you know, yeah, the, the Bible's filled with all these bad things and these people are embracing the bad things of the Bible and theology is scary, but also you should be a good Christian and you should follow the verses that I selectively quote out of the Bible because my selected uh, my selected verses are the best ones and all of your verses are wrong. And therefore, uh, even though I don't actually believe in this stuff and I think it's all super dangerous, uh, you, you, you need to be careful about how you conduct yourself because you need to be a good Christian. So yeah, the idea, uh, first that the MAGA wing has, has swallowed evangelicals. Well, I mean, it's hard to argue that there are many evangelicals in the MAGA wing, but it's obviously cl clear that that's not the case. Uh, there, for instance, there are a lot of people who in, in evangelical Christianity who are currently opposing this Christian nationalism thing. I, I'm not a big fan of the moniker Christian nationalism for reasons I have explained uh, kind of at length in other episodes. So I'm not going to dive into it here. My point being 
is if you think this is super dangerous, then uh, the, and that the evangelicals have just been swelled by this, then why are so many evangelicals in opposition to this thing that you're saying is super dangerous? Remember, the original title of this was how dangerous MAGA and Christian nationalism were and how they were more dangerous than Hamas. So that was certainly the idea that was being held when this was written, even though the title was eventually changed. Uh, however, the, you know, embracing the darkest verses of the Bible. Okay, so again, like, what parts of the Bible do you think that should be followed? Oh, you you have, I didn't realize you were assembling the canon. It's good to know. Uh, what 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 ecumenical council uh, have you been involved in, Brian? None. It just, I like some some parts when they tell people to do what I want, and I don't like other parts when they disagree with me. And so I'm just going to bring them up and call people hypocrites, even though I can't stick to one understanding of the Bible in between paragraphs in my own article. I'm waiting for Mel Books to break it. Oh, he just makes terrible references. I'm sorry. Continuing on. Uh, the House of Representatives, now run by Johnson, offers a discount version of the apocalyptic orgasm the Holy Rollers have been dreaming of for years. They've reviewed the Inquisition and seem determined to convert the U.S. into a theocracy run by people who will thump you with the Bible but haven't read much of it. Okay. Okay. So I want to be really clear. Uh, what has Mike Johnson done? What's the terrible thing that Mike Johnson has done? The horribly unbiblical thing that Mike Johnson has done. He has attempted to separate Ukrainian funding from his from Israel funding. Again, I don't think we should be funding any of the, either of these countries. But that is the deep, dark, dangerous thing that he's done. And from this idea, from this fact that he has separated those two funding uh, bills, because because he has separated those two spending items. Uh, we, from that, we can infer that he is attempting to create a discount version of an apocalyptic orgasm uh, and that he has decided to renew an inquisition to, to establish a theocracy. How did we get that out of separating two spending bills? Look, I understand that it's the left's job to like rile its base up. I understand that it's their job to like look look you're winning everything like right? the left controls schools they control the government they control law enforcement they control corporations they control media they control all this stuff right so you got to work really hard to make it sound like the other side is a terrible threat to you right you got to work really hard to to pretend like these people are wielding power but it's another it's on another level to be like, well, because they wanted to fund Israel but not Ukraine, that probably means they're working for a theocracy. That that's that's a level of propaganda. I mean, again, I'm a recovering journalist, you know, I'm trying to make amends to the people I've hurt. I'm 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 confessing the things that I've done. I'm you know, I'm working through the steps. But even I uh I, I have to look at this and are just like, oh man, that like I, I blush a little looking at this. It's just the raw <laughs> The raw, unfiltered ideology, ideological, uh, you know, uh, vapidness that just comes out of this is, is amazing. Uh, and let's see, uh, he, he continues here attempting to pretend like he cares about the Bible. Lord, uh, how they love to preach fire and brimstone. But the Sermon on the Mount of the Beatitudes, forget it. Matthew 25, 40, whatever you did for one of the least of, the, of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Not a chance. They've embraced only the Old Testament angry God. And the apocalyptic parts of Revelation brought on by ergo poisoning. I'd like to remind you again that the only thing he's talked about that the Republicans have done, the only thing he's talked about that Mike Johnson has done 
is tried to separate Ukrainian funding from Israeli funding. That's it. That's it. He hasn't talked about anything else. He hasn't talked about social issues and talked about you know, gay marriage or trans stuff or, you know, anything. He hasn't talked about any of this stuff. The only thing he's talked about is funding Ukraine. So apparently funding Ukraine is exactly exactly what Matthew 2540 was talking about. It turns out the Sermon of the Mount was really about Ukrainian funding. And if you're not for that, then really you're only about the God of the Old Testament. Now, I don't know if anybody should tell him, but the God of the Old Testament is also the God of the New Testament. That they're not they're not two different gods. It's not a, it's not a different thing. Um, but you know, it, again, <laughs> pretending to have read the Bible, pretending he cares about Christianity, you, this is what you'd expect, I guess. Uh, and this is also like the, the what I love about uh, kind of kind of these DC progressives. They have such a cartoonish understanding of any kind of religion. They can't, they just can't be bothered. They they assume they're automatically just smarter than any Christian they've ever interacted with. They just assume that every Christian is is kind of this toothless hick that they've they've seen a cartoon of somewhere uh, on TV. And so like they just construct entire like straw man after straw man after straw man, burning it down and being like ha 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 ha. Ah, these idiots, these rubes, look what we've done to them. How could they possibly come back from this? It's 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 read at atheism on a whole nother scale. Uh, they want no separation of church and state. Again, I, I remind you, um, they just talked about separating Israeli and Ukrainian war funding. That's it. Uh, but but by the way, there is no separate thing as such thing as separation of church and state, but I've talked about that at length too. I, I won't get into that right now. They want an isolationist country surrounded by walls and dedicated to the proposition that the First Amendment guarantees them the right to worship any way they want while forcing the rest of us to worship the way they choose. Uh, I mean, three-fourths of that's pretty based. Like, yes, I, I would prefer a United States that did not involve itself with every country in the world. Uh, I, I think it's good, actually, that you take care of your country and you don't go around trying to invade or regime change uh, every other country under the sun. Uh, I would like a wall that protects my country. Uh, walls protect countries. They have for uh, a very long time. If you don't think walls work, you should ask the Byzantines. Uh, they worked pretty well for a very long time. Uh, dedicated to the idea that the First Amendment guarantees them the right to worship any way they want. Yes, because it does explicitly. That's its purpose. Why would we need to pretend it's anything else? But, I mean, it can't be more clear, almost as clear as the Second Amendment. But, you know, they don't like that one either. Now, the last part, while forcing the rest of us to worship the way they choose. No, not really. It's it's fine. I, I don't want you to, I don't want your your terrible values to infect, you know, my family. I don't want your terrible values to harm children. I would prefer that you keep all of that stuff away from the institutions that shape my society. And I'm more than happy to fight to make sure that you don't have control of the institutions. But I have no interest in converting you at the port of the sword. You know, uh, your, your, your soul is between you and God. You, you don't have to you, you don't have to uh, convert uh, at the point of the, the AR-15 or anything. That, that's not, uh, the I don't think, anything that uh, most right-wingers are pushing for. They just uh, would like you to uh, stop, you know, trying to force gender transitions on children. That's really, really what they're looking for there. While the Age of Enlightenment led men, after hundreds of years of bloody crusades, to give up on state religions and have a direct ins uh, inspiration for a bill of rights, modern Republicans seem hell-bent on returning to the Middle Ages, driven there by the first uh, Christian Nationalist House Speaker. All right, so 
I said I wasn't going to talk about uh, separation of church and state, but I was wrong because we have to talk about it here. All right. So this is I, I'm I'm going through the final edits of my book. Uh, I'll you know the the total state. It's going to be out uh, next year, probably early next year. I'll give you more details as it comes out. But I'm I'm nailing down uh, a good a good chunk of my book is nailing down arguments against this this paragraph right here. And it's nice that this paragraph is assembled here for me because then I don't have to feel like I straw manned uh, the arguments that I that I kind of brought against the left in that book. Uh, so let's start with the age of enlightenment led men after hundreds of years of bloody crusades to give up on state religions. No, it didn't. No, it didn't at all, actually. So first, uh, the age of enlightenment did not get rid of state religions. In fact, most states had in America a state religion. They or they had a state church. Um, so the age of enlightenment did not get rid of that necessarily. Um, Post enlightenment countries continued to have that uh, explicitly. Um, there weren't just hundreds of years of bloody crusades. Religious wars uh, were, you know, not just some Christian thing, and they didn't just happen during the crusades. But of course, liberals only have like a couple of events that have ever happened in human history. They just walk through them, and they've got the McNuggets of history, and once they assemble them in the right order they're sure that their worldview is correct um and and we certainly didn't give up uh on state religions uh because we have one now there's a reason that the concept of the cathedral i know some people don't like the name of the concept whatever sub in whatever you want the deep state the you know uh the, the regime whatever the total state that's that's my my personal coinage but there's a reason that this idea gathered steam because people started to understand that getting rid of Christianity didn't mean not having a state religion. Every state has a religion. All pol politics is ultimately theological in nature. Your relationship to the divine is mirrored in your relationship to the sovereign. Uh, that does not mean that the sovereign is divine or that, you know, that they're not the same thing, but those, those things are inseparable at some level. And you will always have people seeing a worldview, a religious idea, whether you call it a religious idea or not, reflected in the institutions of, its, of the nation. Whether we like it or not, people follow institutions as if they were divinely ordained. I know that's gross and icky for some people, but it's also human nature and you're not getting rid of it. So if that's true... And that's perpetually true. And the age of reason didn't magically sprinkle brain dust on a bunch of peasant rubes and turn them into enlightened intellectuals. If instead human nature stayed more or less the same and we just repurposed the language, which is exactly what happened, by the way. Uh, again, more explanation coming in the book. But if that's the case, then that means that we still have a state religion. And that state religion is, well, it's, it's progressivism. We have an atheistic theocracy in the United States right now. So this, this convenient idea that we have discarded all religious ideas, we no longer have faith, everything is, is enlightened men who have given up these bloody crusades. No, actually, you're, you're arguing for bloody crusades right now in Ukraine. It's literally what this article is about. You complaining about the fact that some Republicans don't want to fund your current bloody crusade. But, you know, you, you just rearrange the language, you, 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 pretend like the priorities are slightly different and all of a sudden you don't, you don't have to believe that you're one of these suckers who fell for religion. So, uh, and as a and it was a direct inspiration for our bill of rights. 
Modern uh, Republicans seem hell-bent on returning to the Middle Ages, driven by the first Christian Nationalist House Speaker. I'm pretty sure that uh, Johnson has not declared himself a Christian Nationalist of any kind. Uh, but also uh, the idea that the Bill of Rights uh, kept you from having any form of Christian values in your government is insane. And that's really all most Christian Nationalists are talking about. They just want the Bible or Christianity in general to inform uh, the morality that their laws will be based on. All laws are based on morality. All laws or are, are the enforcement of mora uh, shared morality, guys. Sorry, that's just the way that it works. Back to the article here. The First Amendment's Establishment Clause prohibits the government from making any law respecting the establishment of religion. That not only forgives the government from establishing an official religion, but also prohibits government actions that unduly favor one religion over Another, uh, no, it doesn't. That hasn't been. I mean, it, it's it, there. There is the attempt to make that the interpretation now. That was not the interpretation through the most of American history. It was well understood that Christianity was the uh, was the religion of the land. That was the traditional religion of the people in the land. You might have slightly different varieties. Uh, you know, Protestantism dominated, but you might have others like Catholicism. But that this was the majority religion and therefore deserved a uh, a pride of place among uh, beliefs in the United States. This was not a problem until relatively recently in constitutional law. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, we, we just have to pretend that uh, basically the Constitution was written to ban all religions except, of course, progressivism, which is allowed to be taught in every school. In fact, it must be taught in every school and every government agency. It must be enforced at the point of the sword by the state. Uh, we certainly have a state religion. We just call it progressivism. Uh, Rep Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland, a constitutional scholar, says that there are solid reasons for this much debated and carefully written clause. Framers taught us that the biggest threat to religious freedom comes from three cats who try to establish their own sect over everyone else. That's why we have two religious clauses in the First Amendment. Actually, that's not that's that's not what they thought was the most dangerous threat to the United States at all. Uh, you know, one thing they thought was a dangerous threat to the United States: a standing army. That was repeatedly mentioned by multiple founding fathers that a standing army was a huge threat to the United States. And that, and that was a very bad idea. They were not worried about religion. That, that was not the primary concern of founding fathers. In fact, you can find several quotes uh, from a from a variety of founding fathers talking about the centrality of religion to the American Constitution and its continuance. But again, <laughs> Why bother? Remember, I would, I would like to remind you again, he has not pointed at anything that Republicans have done except not want to fund Ukraine. That's it. The, 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 all of this insane hyperbole about theological takeover and Christian nationalism uh, and the destruction of the, of the Establishment Clause. Uh, he has not provided a single, a single uh, example of even a Republican trying to do any of this. He's just been blathering on about it after complaining about them not wanting to fund Ukraine. None of that matters to the Republicans. They revel in their own chicanery. Ooh, chicanery. I would revel in chicanery, let's be honest. Uh, they despise free thought and independence. Absolutely, man, all day. Here we go. And are happy to play games with a government shutdown. Ah, the moderate equivalent of fiddling while it all burns. Stay tuned November 17th. Uh, stay tuned November 17th. The next shutdown deadline is just around the corner. So if you don't want to fund things, that means you want a theocracy. That's actually just been his consistent argument, right? He says, well, if you don't want to fund uh, Ukraine, then you're a, you're a far-right, crazy Christian theocrat. 
And if you're a Republican who says, I would shut down the government to keep it from, say, uh, printing insane amounts of money and shipping it overseas or uh, continuing to fund, uh, you know, these insane causes that are taught in my schools. If you're if you're someone who's willing to that, then you can. The only answer is you must be looking to shut down independent thought, because if there's one thing we know about independent thought, it only exists inside government schools. Isn't that amazing that independent thought comes from government funding of programs? You can't have independent thought if taxes extracted from the taxpayer are not delivered to institutions controlled by the government. Just amazing. Absolutely amazing. On a day that Republicans were mired in their own gamesmanship, Israeli airstrike targeted Hamas commander in the densely populated uh, I'm not going to pretend I can say that uh, refugee camp in northern Gaza, and it left a catastrophic damage that killed hundreds of people, according to the medics and eyewitnesses. Children were seen carrying other children away from the blast zone. It felt like the end of the world, one surviving witness said. So I'd like to be really clear. Okay, let's let's be really clear. If you don't want to fund the Ukrainian war, then you are responsible for Israeli planes killing Palestinian children. That's that's the that that's the conclusion he draws here, right? That's if you are not if you do not want to for, fund endless war in Ukraine, then you might has might have might have as well might man, I promise I can do a sentence. Then you will have basically just dropped a bomb directly on Palestine, Palestinian children and killed them. This is our world today. It took an asteroid the size of a modern city to wipe out the dinosaurs. People are being are being smarter. People being smarter than dinosaurs have figured out how to destroy everything all by ourselves. Climate change, of course, climate change is slowly creeping up on us, and we're killing each other at an increasing rate. It took a Category Five hurricane to kill forty odd people in uh, a, a Sorry, in Acapulco last week. Uh, we killed that many in two mass shootings in the U.S. in about the same amount of time and spared the, the property. Hogo was right. We have met the enemy, and the enemy is us. So apparently this Christian nationalism, which has no power, um, and its only maneuver so far seems to have been attempting to not fund the war in Ukraine, is causing Category 5 hurricanes through climate change. Just stunning. Donald Trump faces 91 felonies in four different jurisdictions while facing civil sanctions in new york that could cost him a large chunk of his financial empire he's effectively also on trial in colorado and uh as that state tries to ban him for the uh from the ballot next year i sp isn't that a problem is it i love that you know, like the like the problem here is that donald trump exists not that the government is actively looking to ban the most likely opponent of the current president like you have a sitting president who is actively encouraging the uh, incarceration of his uh, of his political opponents, uh, who is trying to get them removed from ballots. But that's not the problem. The problem is that Donald Trump exists. Joe Biden's popularity continues to shrink faster than unemployment, threatening to make him the 2024 equivalent of Jimmy Carter, a one-term president who will be admired after he leaves office more than he ever will uh, ever was while holding it. Um, yeah, I mean, call, calling <laughs> calling Joe Biden Jimmy Carter is a pretty good uh, analogy, though the idea that Jimmy Carter is 
well liked by anybody who's not a radical leftist is pretty uh, funny. It's also kind of great to understand that Joe Biden's not well loved by the left. They, they understand the problem here. Uh, the, and that's the reason, of course, that they're trying to keep Trump from being able to run. They understand the danger that he poses and that he's not going to have uh, that, that, that if Trump is allowed to one to run, it looks like he's going to win. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a long way from here to there, guys. They could they could indict Trump. They should could try to imprison him. They could strip him from ballots. I don't know. I'm not going to make any amazing predictions, but I think he's got a much better chance of beating Biden if he's allowed to run than a lot of people think. And yeah, I mean, they, you know, they did what they did in the last election. So there's, there's no guarantees that even if he's much more popular, that he'd actually secure a legitimate win. Uh, but uh, you know, that it's very clear that they're worried about it. They wouldn't be putting him through the ringer the way they are if they weren't. Part of that is Biden's fault. Part of it is because people like Mike Johnson, who claim he won't live in a, we don't live in a democracy, and that uh, God oversees our government. So, so to be clear here, first he he's insulting God again. So he wants people to make he wants people to take the Bible seriously, but he's insulting God again. And obviously he's phrasing it this way to insult Southerners. No surprise there. We we are the most hated of all of all Americans. Uh, but on top of this, he also puts in, we don't live in a democracy. Now, <laughs> here's a weird moment where I'm going to agree with him more than I agree with most conservatives. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, we do live in a democracy. Uh, that's unfortunate. We shouldn't. Uh, we should, at the very least, live in a constitutional republic, uh, though most people cannot tell you the difference between that and a democracy. Uh, but whatever we had as a constitutional republic has worn away at this point. Uh, we are uh, more or less a, a just a representative democracy in pretty much every way. Uh, and so uh, it, it, I think it is uh, sadly a more of a delusion of conservatives trying to hold on to an idea of what American government once was to say that we don't live in a democracy than it is to just be honest about kind of where we're at. Doesn't mean you shouldn't want to seek to change that. Uh, doesn't mean that there isn't a better way forward. Uh, but it's pretty clear that at the moment, uh, for better or for worse, we are living in a democracy. You might think that all this would be serious food for thought uh, in the news. But people are so tired of thinking about life on the razor's edge that most news seems about as palatable as raw sewage, which is also all too accurate a metaphor. Well, man, one reason might be that you're screeching at the top of your lungs about a theocracy because somebody didn't vote for funding in Ukraine. You might be the problem, Brian. You might need to be the change you want to see in the world. As a journalist, you are the one spreading this insane hyperbolic propaganda, trying to pretend like there's this insane vision of based world just around the corner while actually living in this kind of progressive dystopian hellhole. And you're just screaming at the top of your lungs saying, well, if you don't want to send another $100 billion to Ukraine, you must be an agent of Putin and must be a crazy theocrat trying to take over the world. It's not surprising that people might stop reading your garbage, treating it as raw sewage. You are producing it. Our problem in the press is that we have so few people with the experience and education to handle the serious issues facing us. Amazing. Amazing. He thinks he's one of the smart ones. He thinks he's one of the ones telling the truth. He thinks he's one of the experienced and educated ones. Beautiful. 
So whether it's uh, a possible world war, stochastic terrorism, oh man, I love how that term got invented six months ago, Christian theocracy, climate change, Donald Trump or our own, or, or, or our own government or something else unforeseen for most people, it's time, it's a time of trepidation and terror. Yes, a time of trepidation and terror. All right, so he continues on a little more. He talks about bread and circuses, but for, for a paragraph or two, but you get the idea. Uh, we're, we're in a terrible state because somewhere somebody doesn't want to spend another hundred billion dollars on Ukraine. And if you are one of those people, then you must be lining up behind our new Christian nationalist speaker, Mike Johnson, in the hopes of overturning democracy. Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. And uh, otherwise uh, getting rid of the establishment clause, the First Amendment, all of the all of these terrible things. Uh, you know, the, the, you must be a stochastic terrorist if you are not on board. You might even be dun, 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 a Donald Trump voter. All right, guys. Well, that was fun. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the questions of the people here. Looks like we've got a few super chats. Uh, Connor O'Hare for $10. They fear it because they know deep down that's what it would take to tame their narcissistic worldview. Yeah, Connor, I, I, I think you might be right about that. Um, they, they know how insane their worldview is. They know how they have this kind of inversion of the natural hierarchy, how artificial and fake the world that they're trying to prop up is. And because of that, they understand that, uh, you know, they, they've entrenched themselves with a lot of power, a lot of money, a lot of status. And they realize even if they lie to themselves about kind of the threat of Christian nationalism or theocracy or whatever, they realize that uh, big changes would have to come uh, for thing for this to kind of uh, stop to have their worldview no longer reign over people, and they're scared about that. And I, I think you're right about that. Uh, Mint twenty four five dollars scared of theocracy worships the state religion of ethnic minorities. Remember, everyone, all politics is inherently theocratic. I mean, yeah, it's very clear um, that there are a number of sacred uh, cows in the current political uh, theology of the left. One of them is most certainly the uh, the uh, sacredness of diversity. And so they are very, very unself-aware about the ways in which they've done this, even though we can literally... Remember <laughs> remember when Nancy Pelosi and the rest of uh, of the of the Democrats ended up like dressing in dashikis and literally kneeling <laughs> like in an act of worship while wearing ceremonial worship garb. It might be a religion guys. It, it, it might be. I'm, I'm starting to get that feeling. Uh, let's see. Perspicacious heretic for $10. I'm relieved that some conservatives have stayed on message. Too many have reverted back to 2003 in the past month and have lost sight of the problems that are actually involved in our national interests. Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that. I think that's right. You know, a, a lot of people who were, very against Ukraine, who were very against spending our money in Ukraine, spending our, our blood and treasure, the, you know, send, sending American soldiers, young men to fight and die in, in this kind of thing. People who, who had finally kind of seen past a lot of this stuff, immediately when things happened in Israel, they're like, oh my gosh, but we got to go to war with Iran. And it's like, oh guys, did we not learn anything? And But it's nice to, to see that some conservatives have continued to kind of hold that understanding that actually America first actually means Americans first. It doesn't mean uh, instead our own personal, you know, foreign satrapy uh, comes first. Instead, 
it's actually talking about the citizens of the United States and what's good for them. And so it has been nice to see that while unfortunately many people did revert back to kind of that, you know, knee jerk uh, kind of neocon attitude as soon as a country they cared about more was attacked. It has been nice to see that some have kind of taken those lessons on board and that there is a staunch wing of the Republican Party or of the conservative commentariat that is kind of holding the line on some of that stuff. Let's see. Um, Mint uh, mint 20 for $10. Thank you very much. The Crusades were based on 100% justified against the onslaught of Islam. Islam is allowed to conquer almost all the holy sites of Christianity and convert them. But how dare Christians fight back? Yeah, so obviously the the Crusades are complicated. Uh, But the problem is, of course, the Crusades are complicated. And that's why the left turns them into a cartoon. So the truth is obviously that the Roman Empire never completely collapsed, that the Eastern Roman Empire, which was, uh, you know, the capital was moved to the east by Constantine, Constantinople, uh, and, and uh, that became, the, the east became the center of most of the Roman Empire. That's why the west fell, but the east continued. The Byzantines never would have called themselves the Byzantines. They would have just called themselves the Romans. And they controlled large amounts of land in the east, uh, you know, including places like Syria. Uh, you know, the, the, there is a reason that so many of the original Christian countries, places like Egypt, had a massive, you know, was a Christian country, had a massive Christian population, still has a, a Coptic Christians there. That's because of the Byzantine Empire. And so when the Crusades were first formed, they were there to defend Christendom, including Byzantium. East, the Eastern Roman Empire. Now, the Crusaders didn't always do what they were supposed to. Sometimes they actually attacked Christians. In one case, they even tried to sack, you know, Byzantium. And so there, there, there's, uh, you know, there, it's complicated. But the idea that the, Christ, the that the Crusades were just in and of themselves these completely unjustified wars that uh, that Christians came out of nowhere just to assault Muslims is insane. Uh, Islam had been uh, advancing Mohammedans, as they were called at the time. Uh, had been advancing into Christian territory and conquering it, killing Christians, enslaving for a long time. Uh, and it's totally reasonable for Christians to defend themselves, though not all Christians who involve themselves in that defense behaved accordingly. But that's kind of how war works, unfortunately. Uh, we have Hello for 99 cents over here. It's uh, just a donation. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. And Mint 20 uh, again for $2. Hashtag make Istanbul Constantinople again. Absolutely. Uh, one, once again, there should be prayers said to the one God in the Hagia Sophia. Uh, I, I totally understand uh, why you would say make it Constantinople again. All right. So I think we got everybody there. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I want to make sure I got everybody. Okay. looks like we're good. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Of course, if this is your first time coming by the channel, thank you so much for coming by. Please make sure that you go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss anything. Remember, you got to do the whole bell thing. A lot of people are like, I subscribe to you, but I don't see when the streams go live and I don't want to miss them. And it's like, yeah, because YouTube's like, well, just because you subscribe to something doesn't mean you actually want to see it. So you have to go through extra steps. It's stupid. I'm sorry about that. Also, if you want to get these broadcasts as podcasts, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the Ari McIntyre Show on your favorite podcast platform. You can do that on Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. When you do, make sure that you leave a rating or review. It helps with the algorithm. All right, guys, thank you once again for coming by. And as always, I will talk to you next time.